11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Our special guest today is Nico Hansen. Nico, how's it going? Good. How are you, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. How's everything going down in Houston uh, with coronavirus and everything? Uh, it's going good. I mean, I think Texas was uh, under the gun a little bit as far as having everything blow up a little bit, but it seems to be okay. Uh, I haven't been too affected by it all. Just, you know, do my grocery runs as minimally as possible and, mm-hmm. and wear the mask. Yeah, for sure. And I know um, the Cup Challenge just finished. Uh, how was that overall? It was all right. It was uh, definitely even. We were even there not as long as some of the other teams, so I can't imagine going through all the way to the end. I mean, it was, of course, it's nice to win the end, but it was definitely mentally hard uh, towards the end there. But it worked out well, I think. I mean, I think it was it did its job as far as what we wanted to do and be able to play and kind mm-hmm. of like get back out in the field. And I think that's wonderful for us as athletes wanting to just play. Yeah, for sure. Now, at the beginning of it, did you think you guys were going to continue the season after? There was talks of it, but there wasn't any for sure plan yet. So I think it was interesting to see what was going to happen. I gotcha. All right, so going back in time, I know you were born in Denmark, but you moved to the U.S. as a child. What was that experience like? It's definitely challenging. I moved from Denmark when I was 10 years old. So come here... And we actually moved in with my grandma and lived with her pretty much until she she actually passed away from cancer about, how long ago was that now? About four years ago. But yeah, it was definitely a challenge to come here and kind of start, you know, almost a new life uh, after being, honestly, after being somewhat comfortable living in Denmark. But I think it's been, I mean, I always say this, like, you can't regret anything in life because it leads you to where you are today. So, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for all that I've gotten opportunity-wise, but it's definitely a different pathway. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure how old you were, so now that I know you were 10 years old, so you didn't know, like, what was going on, was it, like, culture shock to you? Yeah, I mean, I had been to the U.S. because um, I have family here. Uh-huh. Um, I would visit when I was young, but um, yeah, I was pretty young. Though. I mean, I was visiting when I was, you know, six, seven, eight years old. Um, so I don't know how much you yeah. see of certain things besides just hanging out with your family. But there was definitely a transition period from something as simple as in school. Like I would call my teachers by their first names. So I would call mm-hmm. my teacher Miss, you know, or Mister. <laughs> was was a huge change, just as far as like like. In my head, I was like, why? Like, why does it matter, you know? (laughs) So, yeah, there were some things I had to learn. That's pretty funny because I feel like that's where we're moving towards now because I feel like it's less strict now with, like, teachers and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, really? I haven't heard that. Yeah. I just just always called my teacher by my first name. That's just, like, (laughs) there was no... Like, it wasn't anything... I mean, I know this... I know, obviously, no, now, it's just, like, you know, a sign of respect and all that stuff, but 
it was just interesting for me to kind of like have that transition. And it was funny because when we came here, so we came in the summer of, oh man, well, it's been 15 years now. So it would have been in 2004, 2005, I think I moved here. Mm-hmm. So we came in the summer and my teammate's mom was a teacher for my sister, if that makes sense. So when she started, when we both started school, she had met her in the summer and just, you know, her name was Carolyn. So we just called her Carolyn, Carolyn. So when she got to school, she was like, hey, Carolyn, Carolyn. She's like, oh, actually, you have to call me, you know, Mrs. Yeah. Works, you know, like that's my name here at school. So you, my sister was like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely, I feel you on that because I like a neighbor, the same thing like that. Like, and then I'd go in school and, you know, you have to call her by Miss. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So what about take me through your high school career and then like, what was your recruiting process like out of high school in California? Um, high school, I mean, high school for the most part, I didn't really get recruited out of there. Mm -hmm. I just played, um, you know, there would be the fall season. We would play for a few months. It would be good fun. I play with all my buddies and we were always really good. So it was fun for us to have a little bit of pride there. But for the most part, through my high school days, I got recruited through my club team. I played at Davis, Davis Legacy. And a lot of the coaches there had already seen like a lot of potential in me. And so they would bring me up even when I was 15 years old. I think I was mm-hmm. or I was 15 or 16 playing at the Dallas U19 tournament. And I was like the lone forward. And I'll also say I, I didn't grow until I was probably a senior in high school. So I was like a 16-year-old pretty small just quick and fast yeah. but like playing against you know we played against this scottish team with a bunch of like 19 year olds that were huge i mean compared to how small that was back then but yeah it was a fun experience but yeah my high school days just kind of got recruited through those tournaments and kind of playing up through those tournaments and Mexico was at the dallas tournament mm-hmm. um and then I, I the next year i went again to so that was when i was a sophomore the next year i went to to disney cup um, and that's where it kind of became a little bit more serious with them. They had seen me, talked about me, but there was not, you know, there's a rule about being a sophomore. You can't really talk to them until, you know, their junior spring year. I did all the rules with all the NCAA stuff. Mm-hmm. But I had also gone to a few Cali schools and visited there as well. And But ended up just, you know, falling in love with, with New Mexico and what that um, entailed. Yeah, so, oh yeah, so actually I forgot to ask you. So now that I know, once again, you played... So you got to play in high school and club because I know some players get to only like they have to choose basically. So was that cool to do both? Yeah, I mean, in club they did. Um, I can't remember exactly. I think we didn't do club during high school. So mm-hmm. I did have a friend, one of my good friends, played for the academy at the time, and that's when it was like you had to choose between each, and and, and he ended up choosing playing for the academy. Yeah. So yeah, I think club because it was like that's what i'm saying it was only like a two-month period it wasn't super long that high school would go on so yeah i would you know take the break there and play high school and then go back to club afterwards gotcha and then what was your experience like at new mexico it was awesome it was um from pretty much from when i got in as a freshman i I got to soccer wise i got to play and you know build good relationships with guys there and it was quite the experience. I enjoyed my four years very much. And it was, honestly, this is this is jumping a little ahead, but it was sad to see that uh, New Mexico isn't a program anymore there. The soccer program is not a thing. They cut the program last year, two years ago, for funding reasons. 
but just the overall professionalism that the athletic department as a whole did was was incredible especially our coach he really pushed you know to do things like that and like give us all the resources we could need to be and to succeed so there's a few guys still out there that are playing that are from new mexico you know aaron herrera is one playing at rsl we have a few guys that like usl that are being really successful chris Weehan, Devin sandoval blake smith so one of my good friends michael gofari too is playing in detroit right now so it was an unbelievable program and i'm sad to see that it, that it had to be cut i wish it didn't yeah oh did you, did you get to play with o'neill fisher oh yeah o'neill yeah. o'neill is another one yeah, because I, inter- uh, I interviewed him. That's I, I yeah, guess that's crazy. Yeah, O'Neal was a great guy. We're that, good friends. See, that's I mean, that's crazy too that you guys produced so many players in in the. I mean, disappointing that they had to shut down. Yeah, the thing was too, it wasn't just you know a feeder program. You know, there was a lot of guys that had other just other initiatives. You know, guys in community, guys. You know, we have a few guys that are doctors now, and mm-hmm. like it like just really bred excellence. And I think that's what was not seen in the in the financial numbers and especially even another side like brotherhood like a guy like Devin Sandoval I never even played with he graduated the year that I came in but like him and I just you know through being UNM alums just like became good friends yeah yeah for sure what was like your moment during college like you knew you could be a professional soccer player I think it was probably the beginning of junior year because I got to go to, that was when Jurgen was still there um, mm-hmm. as a national team coach, and he did the U23 camp, college ID camp. Um, and, yeah, that was, uh, it was good to play. I was, it was nice to see talent there, be there, and and also succeed there. I, I heard and I thought as well that I did really well. I, I ended up getting injured before we had to start the games. So that kind of was, was a little bit of a setback there. But it just kind of, like, gave me, like, kind of like showed that like the the reward was paying off you know yeah. or that the, the grind was paying off and so yeah I think I, I just from then on I just continued to you know I think my junior year I dealt with a lot of injuries actually but I think I saw from there that you know this could be a thing yeah for sure now coming out did you know like what pick you were gonna go or like round or anything no actually I had no idea I had speculations of you know going first round going second round even but like it was almost kind of like that not getting your hopes up kind of feeling just being like well i don't want to expect too much and then be let down like if i give with the team that's like that's the opportunity that i want you know but you know i was kind of in the talks of guys that are going to be picked in the top you know 15 10 or 15 so i was like wow like i i'm that's awesome you know and i feel like i should be but you know you never know with media and you know, articles that come out and things like that. So yeah. it was a surprise to me when I when I was part of that conversation, and I was really happy about it, obviously. Yeah, so you got drafted ninth overall in 2017. Um, what, what was that feeling like when you got when you got the call? Oh, that was unbelievable. I mean, I, I look back on the video sometimes, and if uh, I know somebody gave me a hard time after I got drafted there, Justin Miriam gave me a hard time. But, that, I mean, that was just like – it was just a lot of emotions, just gratitude, especially for – the coaches I've had and the people that believed in me and my family and now my my girlfriend at the time now my fiance you know like she was also a big help for me and also my family back in Denmark um, it was a moment of you know seeing my dreams come to a reality and realizing that all the people that you know have all my friends everybody who had you know stood behind me and helped me and supported me like kind of see almost in a way kind of see their hard work pay off as well because I, I really yeah. appreciated that yeah and what, what was it like stepping on the pitch for the first time with the Columbus crew? 
oh man, that was unbelievable feeling too, especially scoring the goal and everything. I mean, I there's a lot of nerves, but there was also a lot of I was prepped and I was ready and I was you know I was ready to go. I knew that I belonged there and I knew that it was my time and um, I wanted to to keep growing, you know. And so I think it was uh, again a moment of sheer gratitude and in a moment of um, kind of like. Mm -hmm. having to step back and be like man like this is really happening you know like this is a dream come true so yeah can you take me through your uh first goal yeah i remember it so much but i just remember coming on the field and just being ready to go and i didn't want to be hiding and i wanted to be prepped and i want to be ready and i wanted to be you know and show the big thing for me is I'm, I'm an old forward you know and i was playing as a winger at the time there but like my old habits you know would still be to get in the box and be dangerous in front of goal mm -hmm. and so harry on the ball and whips in a good ball, and so I started to just float towards the box. Ola makes a good run, flicks it in with his, his chest towards the goal, and um, the keeper makes a good save, and it just bounces. Like He saved it right to me, you know, and I just, all I had to do is just put it on frame. It was a wide-open goal. So, yeah, unbelievable feeling, and I just, I had, a, I had a feeling that I was going to score that day, too. I could just feel it. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And then last year, uh, you got traded to the Houston Dynamo. Did you know you were going to get traded, or did that just happen? Yeah, it was a conversation I had had with them, and I think it was time for me to, to see something new, and it was all good. I mean, I left in good faith, and, mm -hmm. and they, you know, I support everything that Columbus is still doing, and I'm proud of them for, for the successes they've had, and I know they feel the same about me, so, but I think it was time for me to move on and try something different, you know, and explore, so it's been a great opportunity for me to be here, and I've enjoyed, you know, kind of seeing something new. Yeah, for sure, and what has it been like just overall, like, since I know you played for uh, Seattle Sounders uh, U23 team, like, what's it been like just, like, basically, like, traveling the whole U.S.? Yeah, uh, it's been good. I will say moving from Denmark, I was kind of prepared for that. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like being here's culture shock, you know? So yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm just moving, you know, from California up north, that's easy, or out to New Mexico, that's easy, and up to Columbus, that's easy, you know? So I think it's, it's always been for me just to make the most of every situation and, and and stay positive. And yeah, so I think for me, it's been an adventure. And I continue to see it as an adventure and as an opportunity to see different, you know, people, different cultures, even just within a team, I, you know, mm -hmm. even in Columbus and here. Columbus, there's, you know, a lot of guys from Africa. We had a few different guys from Brazil, uh, Argentina. And, you know, here there's a lot of South Central Americans here in Houston. So it's, it's crazy what you can just be integrated into the world just from being around those kind of guys. And it's an opportunity that I'll, I'll probably never have again. Yeah, so going into um, the Black Players for Change, uh, how do you feel about the MLS creating that? Yeah, I think it's been, I mean, it was the players that created it. MLS has been part of the, mm -hmm. part of the talks about that. But yeah, I think the players got together right after the George Floyd thing and, and expressed a lot of emotion and a lot of, you know, pain about all that. And I think it's been awesome to see and to be a part of and to help and to aid in this, you know, fight and this talk. And um, it's an amazing platform for the black players, for people of color and to be able to, you know, change and create change and demand change through the vehicle of soccer, you know? Yeah. And I think it's, important for us to know that we have a unified voice i think it's hard to go into something and and be you know the lone voice feeling that you i mean i can't imagine for example kaepernick i can't imagine him mm -hmm. he was not to say he was a lone voice but he kind of was and yeah. in the eyes of the media he felt he felt alone and so to be able to have you know 
your brother is almost, you know, helping you and talking to you and we all kind of having a collective voice. It's it just helps you move forward in that way and wanting to have more change because you know you have guys willing to help. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure the NFL actually or Roger Goodell actually officially apologized to Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I just I did see that as well. Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players? Well, how would you like to work with professional players one-on-one? Now you can with B-Pro by Perfect Soccer. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. Are you ready for the five Quincy questions? Yeah, let's bring them on. <laughs> uh, what's the most important skill or quality you feel that has made you successful as a pro player? Um, it's taken on different... I guess you can say different names or different voices, but for me, it's always trust the process. Something that, you know, I I often spoke with Josh Wolf in my time in Columbus, and he would always say, you know, don't ride the highs, but don't ride the lows. You know, like try to stay neutral and try to stay even keel because you're going to get caught up emotionally in that, you know, and if you ride the highs, then you get complacent sometimes and you get too confident. If you ride the lows, then like you aren't confident enough and you second guess. And so I think, you know, kind of those two coincide for me uh, trusting the process and being able to realize that you know this week might look different from next week and might look different from the following week and i that's been a huge part of my career of of course i want to be playing i want to be playing every week i want to be playing every day but it, it doesn't always look that way but i know that i can and i know that i will get my opportunity i'm going to take the most of it and take take my chance basically make the most of it was what i was trying to say yeah yeah i like that uh, what's the biggest mistake you think pro players are making? Oof. I think kind of coinciding with that, it is it is at times that negative self-talk mm-hmm. of feeling that they deserve something. And I'm not saying everybody does that, or but there are times where you can tell that, you know, guys talk amongst each other and they're just like, oh, man, you know, I'm not playing, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that, and course there is you know everybody wants to play everybody wants to everybody can compete everybody thinks they're good otherwise no one would be here you know but i think if guys had a little bit more being able to trust the process i think a lot more people would be successful in my honest opinion yeah yeah for sure and what advice would you give a young player trying to make the mls or a pro league don't give up on continuing to better yourself i think in any you know, they talk about, oh, you're at your prime when you're this age or, you know, like if you're not a pro by that age, then, you know, it might be hard. But there is no right pathway. I mean, there's I know there's stories far and far in between between, you know, Jamie Vardy not becoming a pro. So he was, what, 26 or something like that. Pretty that would be seen pretty late. And there's other stories of other guys, you know, starting too early and never becoming anything. Um, so I think it's always understanding that you can always better yourself, no matter what, no matter if you're scoring all the goals, no matter what, like there's never a time to not train and not become better. And, and, and there's small things that you can do on the field, off the field, and then to continue to teach yourself to learn those things and, and be open to learn and not believe you have all the answers so i think as a young player wanting to become a pro to just know that it it, like again it is a process i think that's kind of like the the envelope of all of my message is the process is hard but it is and it's a grind but you have to like understand that there's a direction that it takes and it takes small steps it's not going to come all to you at once yeah definitely 
And this could be soccer related or life related. What's something that most people think is true that you believe isn't? Hmm. That's a great question. I feel like this is one that stumps every guy that gets asked this. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. <laughs> um, like it could be something random. Like people said, like, you know, nobody ever landed on the moon or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just something random. Um, I think here, here's one. I think that you don't need to just, and this could work for young kids too. You, and, and even for pros as well, it's like you don't just have to focus on football or just on soccer. Like, just because you put, you know, it doesn't mean that you train four times a day and that's going to, like, help your process and make you the best player ever. I think when you are excellent, your other parts of your life are just as excellent. So, like, being – sound like, you know, like a teacher or a parent, but, like, being good in school and mm-hmm. being – kinds of people and doing things in the community and you know um enjoying things like for yourself i'm not saying like partying and and Mm -hmm. and doing those types of stuff but you know like whether whether it's you know having hobbies that you enjoy art that you enjoy music that you enjoy you know like don't be one dimensional with just being like i'm a soccer player i'm only going to be a soccer player because that isn't true i don't don't think it's true for any guy that are at the pro level like i bet they have other things that they are also excellent at because mm-hmm. they're just excellent at their skills and at their work, whatever that may be in a broad spectrum. So there's, yeah, I think you can't just put all into one and neglect all the other stuff and expect things to be perfect, you know? Yeah, definitely. I feel like this keeps on coming up, like, cause people say it's like stick to one thing, but like, no, like people don't stick to only one thing. People do multiple things. Yeah. And last Quincy question what is something you would move forward with if you weren't scared of the consequences? Um, yeah, I, I mean, this coincides well with with all the actions and all the stuff going on right now in the world. I think John Lewis said it well. It's like you have to get into good trouble because it's necessary. You know, when you speak up for the things that are right, not necessarily what everybody else thinks, mm-hmm. I think that's really important. And I, I like, you can be... You can be a good person and just, you know, do good things and and have the right intentions, but you can be a great person person by putting yourself at the forefront of wanting those changes and wanting those good things. And I think if, I mean, I I wasn't afraid to do those things, if I didn't feel that, you know, there's challenges with, you know, if, if I don't feel intelligent enough or if I don't feel, or if I feel judged or if I feel... You know that I'll be, I'll be humiliated or those things like that. I think if you can put those things aside and just you know go for it, I think that you're gonna find that things will work out for you in a way. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's dope. Are you ready for some uh, fun questions? Let's do it. Uh, who's one player that you'd want to do a jersey exchange with in the MLS that you haven't yet, and then one player overseas? Hmm. So most of the guys I've done jersey exchange with have been guys that. I like you know I, that I know yeah. that I I'm friends with that are guys that you know that I not to say that I don't support all the other guys but that guys that I support and I'm proud of you know um, so like I, I mentioned Aaron uh, I think I, there's there's one I don't think I have O'Neal's jersey yet so I'm gonna say O'Neal Fisher all right there you go yeah uh, what's your favorite food oh I'm a foodie dude I I could eat it's it's interesting because I I'm actually and have been for for the past year now i've been i've been i've been vegan for the past year 
Um, but I'm still a foodie and I love, I love food and I love different foods. I think I will answer that question by saying my favorite comfort food is Indian food. But if you were to ask me, like, what would, if you could only eat one, you know, ethnic group or whatever it may be of food for the rest of your life, I would say like, like Mexican food, like Mexican food is unbelievable. <laughs> all right. How, all right. Yeah. So I got to ask you about the vegan. So how has it been or over the past year and, and have you seen yourself like perform better in soccer? Um, I think it, it, two things. Uh, one, I was on a different diet in Columbus and I don't mm. think that served me well knowing uh, who I am as a player or I guess as an athlete, not a player. And, you know, being a fast, strong, powerful guy, I think the diet that I was on wasn't serving me. I could definitely feel that and I could see that in myself. Like just when I looked in the mirror, I could see I was like, man, like this isn't, you know, what I even used to be in college and I felt good in college and all that stuff. So I changed from action because my fiance is vegetarian um, mm-hmm. and we, she had talked about it and like being like, you should try it. And so I tried it for a month and like kind of really liked it and have been, have been liking it since. So it's been a, it's been an interesting transition, but I think I've, I've enjoyed it a lot. I really enjoyed it and, and continue to enjoy it. All right. So, but have you ate any, any non-vegan food since or no? Um, I did. So probably let's say February is when I fully went okay. vegan. There was definitely a transition period. I did it for a month fully vegan. Then there was like a month and a half ish. I guess it was two and a half months where I was just like including, yeah. for example, I just included fish, but not like every day. It was just like, you know, every other day or for lunch or something like that. Um, but other than that, yeah, pretty much since then, I, I don't think I've I've just been vegan since like mid February. All right, I'm always yeah. I'm always as you could tell I'm always super interested when people say they went vegan because I got a lot of questions. Uh, so anyways, yeah. last one, uh, what's something that people don't know about you? Uh, man, I should have my fiance ask this question or answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, that's a good question. I think just kind of going off what I said earlier about like reading excellence and everything you mm-hmm. do is like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very hands-on with everything that I want to do. I love to learn. Okay. Um, I love to learn about the things I want to learn about. Yeah. Like in school, I had no motivation to do history 203. Like yeah, I was yeah. like, <laughs> I'd get through it and like get a B or get it. It's like, you know, an A, whatever, or C. I don't really like, I would just like get through it and be like, I agree. That's good. But like, if there's something that I'm passionate about, like I'll learn. So like, I taught myself a bunch of different things. Like, uh, like whatever it may be, um, like I have a piano that I kind of done since my senior year of high school. Like I can play the piano a little bit, like just taught myself. So now I've been like four, five years now that I've been playing. Yeah. So like I like to play the piano. I I used to play a lot of video games. I like really enjoy that with my friends. Uh, I love to be outside. I love nature. Um, it's probably one of my favorite things to do is just like go camping. (laughs) But yeah, I think I'm a master of self and as far as like wanting to teach myself as much as possible about all, all types of things. Yeah. I love to cook. I love to cook. There's another one. I'm trying <laughs> to think of the things that I like to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely feel you on the learning thing because I feel exactly the same way. Like when I want to learn something, I'm going to go like all in to go figure out what that whatever thing means or what it is. And then if I yeah. don't want to learn it, like I don't like I don't care, like whatever. 
Yeah, and the same thing. I, like I, I do the same thing that I trust the process. You yeah. Know? Like when I first started playing piano, I was like, I have no idea what this sounds like. But yeah. like now, I'm like, oh yeah. Like I remember when I started playing, it was different. Or when I started cooking or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. like you learn as you go with experience. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. I appreciate you coming on. And- yeah, appreciate that, man. Thanks for having me so much. Quincy Marroquois here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash PSTM to enter to win for free today.